You are listening live to Houndstooth Heroes. Some call us a fully integrated sports machine. Some call us the sports taco. Some call us Maurice. What? Wow. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are the Houndstooth Heroes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. And thank you. You can find us on the Mothership, Roll Bama Roll. And you can find us there as well as their most unofficial podcast. Or you can find us and subscribe on iTunes or on our Facebook page or on the Twitter at H2Heroes. And a big old thank you to our record number of listeners last week. Your lack of taste does our hearts good. My name is Greg Dawkins. I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Ellis Metz. How are you doing, Ellis Metz? You know, I'm, I'm all right tonight. What you drinking over there? Ah, let's see. I'm, I ordinarily I would be ordinarily be having the uh, a delicious cold beer and some Wild Bill Wings, mm-hmm. but tonight I'm with the Wild Bill Wings, and I'm having uh well grapes, fermented grapes for dinner. Season. Oh, fermented grapes! Exactly, just a yeah. delicious bowl of fermented grapes. How about yourself? Well, it is uh, my dear wife's birthday, so we were celebrating. Via some margaritas. I'm happy, now happy, happy birthday as always to uh, uh, the lovely bride. Thank you, thank you. I'm now chasing that with H2O, but we'll see what happens tonight. Exactly, know. exactly. All right. So, what's going horrible in your life? Anything at all? You know, my biggest gripe, to be totally honest, is this damn time change. Oh God. I I I don't know where I live anymore. It's it's just pitch black at like three in the afternoon. Why do they do that to us? It might I as well be even... midnight. Exactly, exactly. I feel you, brother. I feel you. I mean, you can't get anything done. By the time you get home, you're like, man, it's dark. Why don't we go to bed? Ready to go to bed, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like 6, sorry. Yeah. But, uh, I feel you. I feel you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. What have I got horrible going on? Uh, two things. Number one, my fridge has sprung a leak. And, you know, I'm not handy. I have a lot of things, but I'm not handy. So I don't – so my kitchen floor is filled with water. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> um, just I just keep mopping it up, and it keeps coming back. And, you know, so here I sit. It's um, not good. Not at all. Uh, I understand there's some sort of thing I can use, uh, some way to turn it off. But like I know what that is, I'm not handy. I went to school for, ni- I went to school for 19 years. I don't need to know how to do that. Um, so I've also got in the mail this coin contraption. Have I told you about this? You have not. All right. This thing is called coin. And it is apparently you can put all of your cards onto this one coin card. It has been two years in the making. Okay. Yeah, you have told me about this, but it was like when I was a freshman in college. Exactly. That is exactly when I told you about it, and it has arrived today. So I've got that (laughs) going for me. I'm not sure what to do with that. So if anybody has the experience with the coin, but apparently it's not a lot of good experience, but I'm about to give that a whirl tomorrow so that I can be sure to not be able to pay for anything when I go anywhere. Uh, But anyway, uh, that's what we have going on. But let's go ahead and ease into the uh, meat portion of the Sports Taco and begin talking about the first edition of the college football playoff rankings coming out. That metaphor could get weird. Yeah, uh, tonight on ESPN, I'm sure most of you guys were watching, or if you're listening tomorrow, last night on ESPN, uh-huh. uh, the playoff committee made their early November picks, which, if you ask me, mean absolutely nothing, less than nothing, right? as a matter of fact, but that's not going to stop the media and the fan bases from getting all up in arms. Uh, you're tied. Checked in at number four. Right. Uh, number one was Clemson. Number two, LSU. Number three, Ohio State. And we just shoehorned ourselves right into those playoffs there. And boy, are people pissy about it. 
So funny. We did finish <laughs> one spot above Notre Dame, which is really all I cared about in the whole thing. Uh-huh. Just exactly. made me laugh till I cried. Uh, if you happen to follow our Daily Bears on the Twitter, which is the mm. Baylor the Baylor uh, SB Nation account, they are so mad. Oh. Like, like they, they real mad. Bless them. <laughs> but it's hilarious. Anyway, Baylor rolls in. I believe at seven. Notre Dame's at five. TCU's at six. The only other Southeastern Conference team in the top ten is Florida, who check in at number ten. So uh, I was going to ask you, what do we hate about it? We don't really hate anything about it, do we? I don't hate anything. It's like we said. It's just hilarious that we ended up at number four despite our one loss that's looking worse and worse. But I, I really have to emphasize that I just hate they even do this. I thought we kind of. I mean, if the premise is that we have this playoff committee to make serious decisions and decide who's going to play for the national championship, there's absolutely no justifiable reason for them to come out on November 3rd with playoff predictions. I hear you. Um, actually, there is a justifiable reason, and it is to watch the media lose their damn minds Just... over it. Um, Dan Wolken, if you, if you happen to know Dan Wolken of USA Today fame, he is the cat who declared the University of Alabama football program all but dead after the Ole Miss loss. Well, he is absolutely beside himself. Uh, Pat Forty, a longtime hater, equally beside himself. But my message to them is, look, pull your panties out of your wad, out of a wad. They're the top four at this time last year included Ole Miss, Florida State, Mississippi State, and Auburn. Well, we see how that worked out. So, my God, it's November the 3rd, and the reality of the situation is this. If Alabama wins out, no matter where you put us, if you'd have put us at nine, we'd have gonna, we were going to be in anyway. If Alabama loses at some point, we're not going to be in. That's how it's going to work. So it doesn't make a damn bit of difference if we're sitting number four or number one or number ten right now. We have It is available for us if we want it. If we don't take it, then we won't be there. Yep, you're exactly right. And just a little sample of aforementioned Dan Wolken's outrage. He called tonight's rankings disgraceful. Disgraceful. Straight up disgraceful. Exactly, because that's what you need to describe a November the 3rd meaningless ranking. <laughs> disgraceful. But anyway, that's what we have going on with that. Uh, but let's, uh, you want to go ahead and turn your attention to uh, the Bayou Bengals? It seems like it's that time. We've been waiting for almost two weeks, but let the hate flow because game week is here. The Bayou Bengals are rolling in undefeated into Tuscaloosa, but your Tide is also riding a four-game win streak, and we lead the all-time series 49-25-5. to 25 and five. Uh, five, five ties. Five ties. I can't imagine Coach Bryant like that. No, but. No. The Tide, give me your take on this. The Tide come in at seven and a half point favorites over the number two in the meaningless playoff rankings. Well, I have some hot takes about that, but we'll get to those when we get to the oh, picks, I suppose. Okay, okay. I'm saying we're going to save them. Right. Um, you know, look, what I do want to talk about, <laughs> if you happen to, and I don't know if anybody did or not, but if you happen to get a glimpse at the front page, this was the front page, not the, front, oh. not the sports page. But the front page of the Baton Rouge Advocate today, mm-hmm. it was it was uh, I mean, if my favorite flavor is Louisiana salt because boy it was salty so salty it was so all those flavors to choose from and they chose salt. Um, really, they compiled a list and put it on the front page of ten reasons why LSU folks should hate Alabama, 
And really, it's just a list of wines. The most notable of the wines are these. Number one, their coach, Nick Saban, did not stay with them forever until the end of time. Oh. Wah. I mean, look, uh, if they wanted Saban back, they could have gone down there just like we did and got, gotten him. Right. There, there was absolutely nothing stopping them from firing Les Miles and going to get Nick Saban just like we did. So, wah. Uh, number two, Bama wins a lot. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true, yeah. Number three, the sense of entitlement. Mwah. Nah, exactly. <laughs> Birmingham. Okay, this was one of my faves. This was the best. Uh-huh. They are firm. I don't... Okay, they're pissy because the Southeastern Conference office is in Birmingham. And I don't know if they think there's a tunnel leading directly from Tuscaloosa to the Southeastern Conference offices or what they... Which, I, I, which I don't there know. is. Well, yeah, well, and look, then you need to point it out because that would get me quicker there from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa. And we have lots of friends that could use that tunnel. Mm-hmm. But my point is, dude, I mean, if the, if the office was in New Orleans, we're not going to be crying foul every time anything go, doesn't go our way. So, wah. Um, let's see. The scheduling. They're pissy about scheduling mm-hmm. um, because they have to play Florida as their permanent cross-division rival when we wanted to play Tennessee and Auburn want to play Georgia. Well, Wah. You have to sit at the big boys' table. Quit crying. And and my favorite one about that is that, you know, that, that argument shut up for the past two or three years while Florida's been down. It was a big thing, I guess, five years ago or so. Then Will Muschamp came to Gainesville, and they just sort of stopped that for a little while. Yeah, funny how that works. Yeah, now all of a sudden it's back. Uh, uh, they're convinced every official is in the tank for the University of Alabama. Sure, sure. And recruiting. This is my other, my other favorite. They're pissy because we're getting Louisiana players. Mm-hmm. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> anyway. Well, obviously, we're just paying more. Exactly. Well, you know, you do what you got to do. I mean, I'm all about, you know, a five-star on a car. That's the way the world works. Uh, anyway, back to the meat of the sports taco, as we were discussing. Ooh. I'm, I'm, all about the, I'm all about the taco reference tonight. I really like that. Uh-huh, exactly. All right. Let's talk advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, let's do, and we'll start at the quarterback position where uh, LSU brings into Tuscaloosa one Brandon Harris, mm-hmm. and we, of course, have our trusty, old sexy <laughs> legs himself, Jake Coker. Oh, yeah. I, I use air quotes around the word trusty, but A here trusty. we are. Uh-huh. Um, so Brandon Harris actually comes to town with the second highest quarterback ranking in the conference. He is above Dak Prescott and only behind Brandon Allen of Arkansas, who just tries not to pass if he doesn't have to. Right. Uh, our own Jake Coker is eighth. But here's kind of the the rub that Brandon Harris has half as many attempts as anyone else in the conference. He's thrown the ball 75 times all year, as we'll point out later. That is with one less game under his belt. Yeah. Uh, Jake Coker has a higher completion percentage, but Harris has zero interceptions on the year. Yeah. So, what we're, I mean... Do we have a lean here? I think maybe just for the sheer fact that he's had more experience throwing the ball, I'm going to give the edge to Coker. Yeah, I mean, I, I just on paper, I agree with you. But then we've got the home Jake versus away Jake. Uh, uh, yes. Home Jake is never quite the, uh, for whatever reason, away Jake Coker is a whole hell of a lot better than home Jake Coker. So, uh, you know, I, I agree. You know, and you look at the numbers – Jake Coker is a better quarterback than Brandon Harris. But what break, what Jake Coker is going to bring on Saturday, who knows? 
Yeah, and, you know, I'm always one of those that kind of watches when a team is peaking, and it scares me a little because I think, maybe not LSU as a team, but Brandon Harris seems to be peaking. They're giving him a much longer leash. I agree. And, and he's getting the ball to his receivers thus far, but will he be able to do that against that Alabama defense in Bryant-Denny Stadium? We exactly. Shall we shall see. Uh, next up, running back. The running back position. The running back, y'all. Running back, y'all. Well, you know, this is probably the, the most heralded uh, match of the week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Heisman Trophy front runner, is against your Derrick Henry. Uh, Stat-wise, Fournette has 300 more yards on four fewer carries than Derrick Henry. And as we mentioned, LSU has played one less game because Mother Nature refused to allow LSU to beat McNeese State. Uh, but anyway, they lean on him hard. Uh, Fournette's averaging a ridiculous uh, 7.7 yards per carry. Derrick Henry's only at 5.8. So, you know, that lane obviously goes to Fournette. But something else I want to talk about is not just those top two running backs. Kind of a dark horse situation Mm -hmm. is the secondary running back for both teams. Uh, You know, I think both defenses are well aware that they're going to have to stop the bell cow. Uh, So when you're doing that, that's what seemed to open some opportunities for some other running backs. Uh, LSU has a cat by the name of Darius Geis. He only got 34 carries all year, but he's averaging over nine yards a carry. Meanwhile, our Kenyon Drake is sporting 58 carries, but averaging half of that. Yeah, Kenyon has had trouble finding his groove all year. So, I mean, obviously, with Fournette alone, you have to give... LSU the advantage there but I think you're right to look at the dark horses because you know when Fournette is on the sideline our defense will probably tend to uh, focus more on the pass and that may be a chance for them to bring old Geis you think that's how you say that oh, G- okay uh, heroes let us know G-U-I-C-E H2 heroes let us know how you say it Darius Geis G-U-I-C-E spelled like Juice with a G. Uh, maybe he's Italian. Maybe it's Guiche. Maybe Guiche. That's what you just said to me. You think a human is named Guiche? Well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. You got to get the you got to look at the running back ad still at you. Uh, but uh, if you want to change, flip the script a little bit. Talk a little about wide receiver. Why don't we? Calvin Ridley versus whom? Well, they've got a couple big options there. Uh, Some of you recruit Knicks may remember Malachi Dupree, who, if he wasn't the top, I believe he was the top recruited receiver in the country his year. And they've also got a kid by the name of Traven Durrell. Durrell? Durrell? D-U-R-A-L? We don't know. I'm having so much trouble. Uh, Who's also very talented. So uh, we've got, of course, Calvin Ridley. He has 45 catches on the year at around... 11.5 yards per game. He's in eighth in the conference with that. Uh, Coming off a couple of big weeks, I think his role has kind of expanded. And as our friend Tony, a.k.a. at Go Crimson, Crimson, spelled with a way that's just horrible. Right. We don't approve of any G-A-U-Xs around here. Sorry, Tony. (laughs) Uh, Pointed out, you know, your boy said that Ridley would have a good game against Tennessee, and he stepped up. Uh, so we've got him and our Darius Stewart, and of course O.J. Howard comes to the mix. Uh, LSU's top receivers, like we said, Doral and Dupree, have just over 20 catches this year, 
and are basically their only threats outside of Fournette. Yeah, and I, you know, and like with Ridley having double that amount, Ardarius has thirty-one, O.G. Howard has twenty-six. So you know, it just if Coker can actually get the ball in our receivers' hands, uh, there's a heavy tide lean on the in the wide receiver department, in my opinion. I agree with you, and one kind of note that I'll add to this, I went back and looked at Georgia's opening drive because obviously Nick Chubb was still healthy, was still kind of the focus of a lot of national attention, and Georgia came out and tried to hit their leading receiver, Malcolm Mitchell, twice in the first four downs alone, I guess the first three and out alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But ultimately, we blanketed him all game. He finished with three catches and no touchdowns. Uh, I could certainly see a similar kind of thing here. I don't know if the LSU coaches will watch that footage and decide to just come out riding Fournette. But, uh, you know, if we can keep those receivers in check, I like our odds. I like our, you know, when you've got the Falconer and (laughs) (laughs) the Falconer and the SEC leading, leading interceptor. Eddie Jackson, who we've been a fan of the entire program. Such a fan. Just never doubted him. Never at all. Love the uh, death. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, that that our secondary has stepped stepped up so much that I think their wide receiver is going to be in for a long day. Uh, so I mean, I, I like our chances in that department as well. Uh, flipping to defense, really, there's just not a whole lot to say here. It's kind of the same. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, if we get into the numbers, we've both allowed somewhere in the mid 600 yards of rushing. And almost identically, uh, 1,560-ish, we'll call it, passing yards on the season. Um, I yeah. I really like our defense, if we haven't said that enough. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm so giddy thinking about Raglan and Fournette just smashing into each other with the occasional Ruben missile crisis call coming in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like our team here. How about you? Yeah, I do, too. I mean... Four, we got, I guess stat was we're allowing 4.2 yards per play. They're allowing 4.8 yards per play. So not a whole lot of difference. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, they have, I'm trying to think of who they have played that has an offense that is in any way difficult to deal with. They have not played Ole Miss. They have not played A&M. They, who else? I mean. They've played Florida and I Florida, can't, Florida couldn't score their way out of a paper bag. Right. So so I just don't – I mean, they have a good defense. I'm not saying it's not good. They may shut us completely down. But in terms of looking at their defense and who they've played, they have identical numbers to us, yes, but they have not played the – they have not played – they have not had a deal with Ole Miss's offense yet. I agree. They did hold Western Kentucky, that is a powerful offense, to 20 points last weekend. Yeah. Um, one note that we should probably bring up now: hundred percent chance of rain in Tuscaloosa Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was going to get to that in intangibles, but yeah, oh, it's going to be. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. It's going to be cold, dark, and rainy. I think it's going to be about forty-five degrees, rainy, and in the dark. So you know, drink it if you got them. Giggity, giggity. Exactly. Speaking of intangibles, uh, we're just going to run through them. Basically, LSU has not beaten a top ten team on the road since two thousand eleven. But however, if you recall that game. That was us. Oh, it was the game <laughs> of the century. And this really, yeah. And this looking at when I was looking at the the scores, 
over the years. This is, I mean, I Tennessee gets the credit for being the streaky series. This has been too. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of four and five game runs in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, I mean, you like the streak, but at the same time, you know the streak's going to end at some point. So you, I mean, they, yeah, it, it cuts both ways. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, one other kind of, uh, we'll put this under intangibles, but kind of a trend. A lot of major special teams plays have kind of decided this series. Uh, if you mm-hmm. look back, there have been a lot of blocked <laughs> punts. There have been punt returns. My boy Javi took one to the house. Oh, uh, the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. When, what was it? Oh nine? I think. So. I believe that. Yeah, I believe we, that was oh nine, preceding yeah. the Julio screen. Yeah, we lost that game, but that, that was legitimately the loudest I've ever heard that building. Oh, well, then it was not 09. Maybe that was. Oh, anyway. I think it was 09. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. There were those. There were obviously some missed field goals in mm-hmm. in big games. We won't mention any well, names or really not, even dwell not, here. You're right. Not let's a, just not, not, not even dwell. Let's just move on. But uh, <laughs> coming in, LSU is actually kicking 100%. Uh, field goal completion rate this year. You're tied, meanwhile, down to sixty five percent. It is, it is. But we oh, seem to be we seem to be on the uh upsurge. Uh yeah, the 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 fellows over at the mothership of Rollbama Roll, if you're not uh going to rollbamaroll.com you should be. Uh had a nice uh interview with Lane Bearden today talking about kicking and punting and whatnot. Lane Bearden, the only uh kicker I know who uh, stopped to run back with a torn ACL, but, you know, the toughest man on the field was the kicker. Uh, but he um, he was talking about it pretty in-depth, and you should give that a read. Just sh- just a short version of it. He said, you know, Adam Griffith is fine. He said, you know, he, uh, J.K. Scott, he said it was the best punter he's ever seen. Uh, Jay, he may have had a couple of off days, but and those happen with everybody. But he is back catching his groove, and Adam Griffith seems to have his confidence back. So uh, maybe things are not as dire as they appear. Let's hope not. And on a side note, if I were ever taken hostage with Lane Bearden beside me, and they tied up both of our hands, I would place money on Lane Bearden to kick our way out of that place. <laughs> I trust that guy with my life. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, quickly, turnovers. Uh, not a whole lot of difference. They're at plus seven on the year. We're at plus three. And as you mentioned, the weather, cold. It was a cold and dark night. That's right. Is what's going to happen. Are we really plus three on turnovers? Yeah, I don't know how we are. Well, it's that Ole Miss game kind of think of it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Apparently we've gotten some others. Uh, And finally, the last intangible is the crowd. BDS bringing the heat with that fantastic PA music DJ. If you haven't... Hmm? Go, go, go. If go. you haven't gone to our Twitter page and seen the link for that Spotify playlist we put together with his greatest hits, we don't even know the guy, don't know yeah. his name, but damn if he doesn't get a crowd to its feet and get a stadium as intimidating as it could possibly be. It's uh, like Bryant Denny Stadium in your home. That's exactly what it's like. Uh, <laughs> it is just really, in the past few years, I think turned into one of the loudest, most fun college football Really, atmospheres, but even this game alone is kind of a next level type thing. Yeah. Uh, in in the whole country, it's just a great atmosphere. Here's one additional uh, kind of side note I've heard this week. Rumor has it that at 
Oh, I'm going to have to check out the location now because my whole source is off. I think it's five. Uh, one, Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter have reservations in T-Town Friday night. Oh, son. Yeah. All right. Well, one of us on this podcast, was it, and it was not me, uh, sent me pictures of A-Rod at Free. That's right. And was it may it have been the LSU, LSU game. game? Yeah, I oh. think it was two years ago. Uh a-Rod was at Innisfree. There were many pictures taken of him. Right, right, giving right. Many, uh bad looks. Okay, he's got, so rumor is, reservations at Evangeline's Friday night. Get out. Well, and and good, and, and uh, apologies to all the bros in Tuscaloosa. If Jarek, if Derek Jeter rolls into town, ain't nobody getting laid. <laughs> that's, that's science, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's uh, more celebrity news. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... So anyway, yeah, it's this has become it's not a rival to, for us; it is for them. But frankly, this has become the most fun game for me. Uh, an absolute blast! If it's like it was in 2013, it was as as loud as I've ever heard a building from start to finish. We just had an absolute hoot. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. I mean, celebrities from all kind of arenas uh, show up to watch this game. They they keep playing these games way too late at night, so everybody is fully uh, lubricated. Dude, I'm really not, okay. That's what I should have brought up when I said, "What do you hate?" I'm really not looking forward to a seven o'clock kickoff. You're gonna be. Let's hope you're not stumbling into a rickshaw. I'm but gonna, just in case. Exactly. If you've paid attention, listen to our last podcast. You'll know what he's talking about. Uh, but yeah, let's hope I'm not stumbling into a rickshaw. But let's all, man. Nobody can function at seven o'clock. I mean, it's better than the eight thirty old miss kick when yeah, yeah. when nobody nobody can walk. But this, but still, I'm not. I'm not. In, they can have their night games at LSU. I like our little two thirty in the afternoon, so we can enjoy the day. But nevertheless, um, that brings us to the most anticipated portion of the podcast. And I think if you listen and you're a regular listener, you know what I'm talking about. It's the weekly edition of the Ellis Mets. What are those? Oh, what are those? Uh, and and really, we should probably consider some sort of rebrand for this, as it's just turned into who wore all black last week. Which asshole is wearing black yeah. this week? Really hate it. Really <laughs> want to ask, what are those? And this week, the question is directed toward College Station, Texas, where not only did the Aggies wear some god-awful hideous black that made their maroon look like this purple and just kind of got me queasy but they also painted their logo and their end zones black did you catch that no i believe i missed that i guess it was some sort of blackout i'm not sure if they encouraged fans to do that or god right yeah we know we know the history of a blackout but nevertheless stop wearing black y'all what are those exactly all right uh the second most anticipated portion of the week, where you were sure to lose your trailer if you follow Ooh. up on our advice, uh, are our picks, including our weekly hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the week. And by the way, I'd like to point out before we get to their hate of the week, that I'm trying to be a little subdued. And here's mm-hmm. why. I'm not being my uh, usual self because it's lovely weather in Orange Beach, Alabama, and I have all the doors and windows open. And the last time that happened, the cops were called. So... Um, if, if you were anticipating loud and rambunctious, you're not getting it. And I apologize, but I'm trying to avoid another encounter with the Orange Beach Police Department. That's right. Also, it's felt like one in the morning outside since like three this afternoon. Exactly. All right. First pick. Uh, Moo you. 
uh, from Stark Vegas, travels to Columbia, Missouri, where Matty Mock has been dismissed from the football team. Uh, That's right. Let's talk about that. Well, what are we going to say? I mean, how many ways can you say rape and cocaine dealing? Allegedly. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was uh, one more detail than I knew. Yeah, exactly. So, Moo is favored by seven and a half against the Missouri Tigers. Who are you hating, bro? You know, I know the uh, kind of conventional wisdom is to never go against the Thursday night home team. We've seen it over and over again, particularly around Halloween, as it were. Um mm -hmm. But I just think there is very little fight left in these Mizzou Tigers. Um, they're actually better off without Matty Mock. They've got a quarterback by the name of Locke. Something Locke. Locke, okay. Tone, tone Locke. Tone Locke is That's what we're going to call him. All right. Just a 90s pop joke for you guys. Uh-huh. I remember uh, I, Okay, I remember him being a very heavily recruited cat. Yes, and he is. <laughs> I, if he's not a true freshman, he's a redshirt freshman. And, yeah, was a uh, was a big recruit that – uh, old Gary Pinkle landed. All that aside, still hating Mizzou pretty hard here. I think State covers easily. How about you? I am going to join you in that hate, and here's why. State has found themselves in the college football playoff rankings. And nothing inspires State more than a little tired ass. We're number 23, and oh my God, sooner or later we're going to be number one. <laughs> um, so I mean, if you know the State, I, look, I dealt with these people for a long time. If you know the state psyche, that's exactly where they are. They are absolutely convinced they're going to beat Alabama, win the SEC West, and somehow find themselves in the college football playoff. So with that in mind, they're going to go into Mizzou and blow them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And actually, I should have thrown this out there before now, but can we just reflect briefly on last week's hate of the weeks? Dude. Do we need to? Well, I can tell you that I made the mistake of – uh, not hating Vanderbilt, and I'll never make that mistake again. No, never again. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, I don't remember who you hated, but it was equally a tragic. I'm yeah, aware. you hated Vandy, I think. Um, or no, I'm sorry, you hated Houston, mm -hmm. who were minus 11, and proceeded to blow out Vandy 34 to nothing. Right, uh, right. My big secret pick was <laughs> Tennessee Martin uh <laughs> Uh, plus, or I'm sorry, Arkansas minus 300 against Tennessee. Right. And oddly, they did not cover the they, 300. They didn't cover even anywhere close to 300. <laughs> because I believe you declared them to be the worst team you've ever seen play college football. Uh, you know, this I think there were, yeah, there may have been that. There may have been some comparisons to uh, my maternal grandmother's football throwing skills, right? Exactly. Things of that nature. Yeah, that I, believe, I believe the actual line was thirty-eight and not three hundred. They couldn't even manage the thirty-eight. No, you're correct. I, yeah, that was that was what happened there. <laughs> and then, uh, well, we did come to think of it. I think we may have called Florida over Georgia, but that was about the only game we got. That's the only thing we got. Yeah. Uh, here's one we're sure to get. Yes. Back, <laughs> back to our successes. Kentucky rolls into Athens, GA, where the Georgia Bulldogs are spotting the Kentucky Wildcats. 14 points. Before we get to that, can we discuss Mark Rick's seat being directly on fire? Oh, the AJC is fed up, aren't they? Everybody is up in arms over some Mark Rick and his 14,000 adopted children. Like he's never done this before. I know. The team, they're going to go 9-3. Yes. You're Georgia. That's what you do every year. I don't know why they're shocked that it's happening again. No, it's the same story. They come in ranked probably in the top 10. 
Yes. And then yeah. just kind of sputter through October. They they win the games that they should win in November, close out with nine or ten wins, and get ready for next year. Win win the recruiting title for next season. I don't. Yeah, like I said I don't understand what exactly is different about this year, but but they and Ole Miss are the national champions in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, they both tank. They do it every year, and I don't see what's different about this year. If you're Georgia, and and look, who else are they going to get? Right. Um, there's, I mean, look, if there was a coach out there that was just setting the world on fire from a, you know, from a mid-major, from a MAC team, whatever, I get it. There's not one. Um, you know, you're looking at an assistant. You know, if you, uh, Kirby Smart went to Georgia, but I think Will Muschamp proved to us all that uh, an up-and-coming uh, assistant is not exactly money when you put him in the, in the head coaching slot necessarily. Sometimes they are, but you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot. I, if I'm Georgia, I'll take those nine or ten wins because you're Georgia. Maybe you think you're better than you are, but that's who you are. Yeah, I agree. And one interesting kind of note: Mark Richt played quarterback at the University of Miami, which is Miami University. I don't know whichever is it's it's University of Miami in the Florida part in in the Florida. Right, it's not the Miami and the Ohio. It's the right. Miami and the Florida. And that job is available. It, so you know. It's available, and to be totally honest, I could see him doing a great job down there. He would continue to land those recruits. He would continue to tell the police to cover up 3 a.m. Uh-huh. arrests. Uh-huh. And I, I think he would have a lot of success kind of back in to uh, harken back to Miami's glory days. So and if really, you don't have the un- unrealistic expectations. You could win nine games in Miami right now, and I think they'd be happy. That's true. And I'm sure the paperwork to bring in children from all different kinds of countries is much, much more lenient down there than it is in Athens, Georgia. That and the boating. I mean, really, you <laughs> don't have to have paperwork. Just bring them in by boat. Who cares? It's, it's just as easy as can be. So <laughs> maybe I'm hoping to uh, be dismissed from the silver britches down there in Athens. Exactly. Could be. Anyway, to the game itself. Uh, who you hating, UK or UGA? You know, I would be tempted to hate UGA here, but a friend of the program and devoted Wildcat fan of all sports, Jay Ezzy, all right, also known as Josh Ellis, uh-huh. says that Kentucky could not score 14 points if they had to, uh, and and somehow that worked around to Georgia covering. So I'm going to hate the Wildcats here. I'm joining you on that. Hey, I'm pretty much going all chalk this week. Mm. Uh, I'm hating on that too. I think as much of a joke as Mark Rick is, I think his players like him. And, you know, they can read just like we can, or so we think. Uh, So they see the writing on the wall. So I think they're going to rally behind their coach. And I think they're going to blow Kentucky out of the building. Yeah, and I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. He has brought in some third stringer with a weird name. Oh, the weird name guy. Yes, I don't even yes. Want to try. Who is not international as I thought he might be. Oh, really? I mean, well, you know, he has that name, so I thought perhaps he's Samoan or something. Not Samoan at all, just a white dude just with a weird name. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. All right. Vandy. Vandy goes to Florida. Vandy's getting 21. I will never in my life uh, take Vandy again so you know who I'm hating. Who are you hating in this um, in this anticipated Southeastern Conference matchup with the football players? <laughs> I think Vandy's season is done. Uh, I think they're at the part of the roller coaster ride where you just wave your hands in the air like you just don't care mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and scream a lot and 
kind of just let the ride take you where it'll go. So. Yeah, I mean, the only, my only concern is I don't know that Florida can score 21 points, but I also don't think Vandy's going to score at all. Yeah, so I agree with you. And we neglected to kind of mention last week that Florida is now being led by a Treon. Right, right, yeah. So he's kind of finding his own way on the roller coaster as well, just to continue a metaphor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, still hating the doors here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if you need to find your way against the Vanderbilt Commodores is the way to find it. That's so true. All right, next up, the South Carolina Gamecocks. And I still don't know who their coach is, and I'm really not that concerned. Uh, travel to your Tennessee Volunteers, uh, where the South Carolina Gamecocks are getting 17 points. Who do you hate, Ellis Nuts? Has anybody thrown Phil Fulmer's name into any of these coach circles? I don't know. Perhaps you should walk next door to your parents' house and find out. That's, I'll go do that this weekend. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, interesting stat I saw today. Since 2000, this is the closest <laughs> consistently close, closest consistently close yes. uh, SEC matchup in the entire conference. I think really? over that time, yeah, the, the average game has been decided by like nine points. Which doesn't okay. seem all that close, but it's surely closer than Tennessee has gotten to Alabama over those right. years. Right. Um, 17 is a lot, and Tennessee, I think, is kind of beat up and just need an... I think they're due an off week. They kind of had a strong second half against Kentucky, which they may very well do again. I think they're a strong team right now, but I think South Carolina barely covers that 17. Hey, the ball. I got you. I'm... I'm it's while I, uh, while the words hating of all appeal to me. Um, nevertheless, I I don't know. I, I think I I'm gonna hate on the cock. I think that I, I like I said. I'm just I'm just going chalk. I, I I think I'm not gonna hate on. I I, I think Vol has just got too much. They're they're probably I hate to say this, but they're the best four loss team in the country. Um, <laughs> I mean, they really are. Oh, yeah. I mean, they went. They I thought they were going to collapse against Kentucky. I thought you know yeah. the hangover against Alabama always occurs, and it didn't happen. I think this team is going to. I don't know who they have left on their schedule, but if it unless it in, you know unless it includes you know. I, are they already played is, Florida, haven't they? I don't know who oh yeah, it is my grandmother's garden, and by that right. I mean. Pansy, pansy, pansy. Yeah, they're going to plow through the rest of this game, this mm-hmm. team, this schedule. So I'm going to hate on the cock. Laval's going to cover that 17. Nice. Uh, coming up next, we have Arkansas. <laughs> See, a seamless transition. That's right. Seems like there's, you got to wait till commercials after this. Uh, we have the hashtag Burt Flops. Burt Flops. Rolling into the Grove. Where they'll face Hugh Freeze's Rebel Akbars, and Ole Miss is eleven point faves on that. Who you hate? All right, I've just given up. I mean, I keep trying to hate on Ole Miss. Mm. I keep thinking they're not as good as they are. Uh, and eleven points, Arkansas. I mean, granted, this is the game that Arkansas will beat them, but uh, just based on, I keep betting against them and I keep losing. Ole Miss is going to cover the eleven at home. Uh, I mean. It, it may be a backdoor cover. It may be, you know, it may be fourteen at the end. But I think Ole Miss covers this game because I'm just sick and tired of losing money on the damn Ole Miss Rebels. That's right. Let me break this great rhythm we have real quick to say: <laughs> Do you think Ole Miss 
wins the West. What do you what do you see coming up for them? I don't. Do, it's all Miss, right? Does LSU have does does LSU go straight from Alabama to Ole Miss? Oh, uh, I can find that out. Okay, that's because that'll that would that that's going to dictate my answer. Okay. Uh, earlier today, on I don't remember who was tweeting it, but somebody on the Twitter machine was talking about future lines, and right now, Ole Miss and LSU is a pick'em. Wow. Um. <laughs> Quick FYI, Ole Miss, or I'm sorry, LSU plays at Alabama and then are at home against Arkansas before Ole Miss. All right. Then in that case, I think LSU with a break will mm-hmm. beat Ole Miss up there. Uh, I don't, I, I think com, uh, coming out the, of the Alabama LSU game, everybody is exhausted and, and beaten up. Uh, so I think if they had to immediately go to Oxford, they would lose. Uh, but if they have a break with Arkansas and Arkansas, you know, Arkansas's good, but Arkansas's not that good. Uh, I think they'll be all right. They'll recover. Whatever injuries they have, they can get rested up. And I think they'll go up to Oxford and win, especially depending on how close this game is. If Alabama beats LSU, but it's very close, and LSU finds himself at number, say, six, mm-hmm. and still has something to play for, they'll go to, they'll go to Oxford and beat the hell out of Ole Miss. Uh, if LSU gets blown out and finds himself at number 11 and can't get them in the playoff, then my answer may change. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Ole Miss is staring down Arkansas by week, LSU, and Mississippi State to close out the year. They're like I said, they've got to lose one. Yes, I keep saying that, but I've been saying that all year. Um, I don't know if they're going to. Um, you think they would, but I mean, maybe I, I, I. I don't know if going to Memphis wasn't their shit the bad moment of the year, and they're going to run the run the table for the rest of the rest of the time. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what to make of this team. Yeah, that's a good point. I, they are nearly impossible to read. I think this game gives them as good a chance as any to lose. They've played something like nine straight weeks right now. Fair. And uh, looking forward to that bye week. I do think they're playing well and realizing. Geez, if we just get the ball to Laquan Treadwell, we may be all right after all. Exactly. Uh, which is apparently rocket science in Oxford, Mississippi. Right, it seems to be working. Yeah, but uh, I am going to hate the Rebels. I'm not sure this is their loss, but I think Arkansas may hang in there. Fair enough. All right, let's turn down to your, uh, your uh, what are those people? And when the barn uh, is getting seven points at Texas A&M. Barn, the all-time, what are those? Who do you hate? I, and I know better, this is kind of like you were just saying, I never bet against the barn because there's too much magic there. Right. Uh, They have somehow curried too much favor. But, all that to say, I'm betting against the barn. Uh, I think A&M, they seem really chapped about last year's Auburn game. I don't really remember what happened, but I've seen it. Uh, all across the Twitters, all these uncalled holds that I know you uh, unbiased and justice-loving listeners could never imagine Auburn doing. Right. But uh, Miles Garrett was apparently just tackled as he went after the quarterback time after time last year. I think they're a little TO'd about it. I think Mm. the atmosphere will be a little bigger than either an injured Sean White or Heisman candidate Jeremy Johnson <laughs> can, can compete with. 
Uh, I like A and M to cover seven here. I am praying A and M cover seven here. I believe A and M again. I'm with you. I was unaware of the barn cheating aspect of this mm-hmm, one, but it, mm-hmm. I should have. I should have done because that's, oh, that's, that's it's sort of pervasive throughout college football. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, hitting hitting all the chalk this week. I think A and M. It's at least ten. You know, I, I think. They got the rug pulled out from under them against Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and I just I don't think they recover from that. I think they have to go to A and M, and they're gonna they're gonna get destroyed. Uh, let's hope. Exactly. All right, let's turn to the game of the week. Your Crimson Tide is home in Bryant Denny Stadium, hosting the LSU Bayou Bengals. Where your Tide is giving the Bayou Bengals seven and one half American football points. Tell me what you think, Ellis Metz. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You really I'm are. so scared. <laughs> Today is actually the 25th anniversary of that famous Jesse Spano caffeine pill moment. Oh my God, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I heard that today. Um, that has basically summed up my entire week. But I gotta say, this is one of those that as game time approaches, I'm feeling better and better about your tide. Um, I, obviously it all comes down to our defense. I think if we hold Leonard Fournette, it sounds so ridiculous to say, it's pretty good if we have hold him under 150 yards, but that's That's real. Yeah, that's real Auburn logic. I think we hold him around 120. Uh, I think that our defense puts tons of pressure on Brandon Harris and keeps him guessing all game. I think we'll throw some blitzes and. Uh, kind of some different patterns that he has never even dreamed of. Uh, uh, their offensive line, you know, we probably we haven't talked about that yet. It's a good unit, but at the same time, it's an untested unit. They haven't seen really anybody but Florida who uh, they didn't exactly bowl over. Mm-hmm. So I actually am switching up last minute. I like your boys to cover. And I'm going to put the Tide at about 21 to 13, barely covering there. I think we've been priming the past game for the past few weeks, so expect another big game from our Darius. And uh, I think we I think we get O.J. Howard involved a lot. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've been back and forth in this game all week. I think you're right. I think Fournette's going to get yards. I think he's going He's going to have more yards, I think, than what it seems like. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean, he's. I think we're going to stuff him a good bit of the time. But I think he will break two or three. So he's going to have three or four, you know, two or three, maybe four 30-yard runs, which is going to make him look like he's got, you know, he's going to have 160 yards, but it's going to come on a, a few runs, kind of like that. Ezekiel, whatever the hell his last name is, from Elliot. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah he had he had two hundred something yards, but three of them came on eighty yard runs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not like he was tearing us up all all day. So I think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get his yards, but in but in fits and spurts. Uh, so, but for the most part, I think that we're going to shut them down. I don't think I think our I think our secondary can handle their quarterback. Um. If we run the ball, and we've you know been through this before, we'll be fine. But at the same time, this is the game where we can't exploit a secondary. If 
Jake Coker can get the ball, if, if it looks like Jake Coker can get the ball to our receivers early and we keep doing that, mm-hmm. not only will we cover, we'll blow this game out. But I don't think that's going to happen with any consistency because it's Jake Coker at home. So I think it'll be, eh, you know, we're going to we're going to complete some passes, but not as many as we should be completing. That said, <coughs> I think your tide emerges twenty six twenty one. I don't think we cover, but um, I think we pull out the win. Mm, let's hope. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you as as always, for joining us on the Hounds 2 Theories podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at H2Theroes. Listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. And big thanks to Wild Bill's Wing Sauce for not providing our food tonight uh, because I got a little red wine drunk. But anyway, uh, we will join. We will see you again next week. Thank you again for giving us a listen. Take us home, brother. All right. Y'all be good. Roll Tide. <laughs>